Did you think Mike Elko was done recruiting the 2024 class? Well, if you did, you were wrong because four-star offensive tackle Robert Bourdon just committed, and this guy is going to play early in his Texas A&M career. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to Lockdown Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefani. Thanks for making Lockdown Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a wonderful day. Because an offensive tackle just committed to Texas A&M. That is right. Class of 2024 offensive tackle Robert Bourdon from Tennessee just committed to Texas A&M. Bourdon was committed to Duke when Mike Elko was there. But now he's heading over to Texas A&M. So he is listed on the recruiting sites at six foot six, two hundred and ninety-two pounds, but he lists himself in his Twitter at six foot seven, three hundred and five pounds. I'm gonna trust the source, which is him, and say six seven three oh five, which is incredible size for an offensive lineman. Um, looking at the at the film on Bordon, I, I I love, love to diagnose offensive line film. We, as you know, football fans, just never, I don't think, appreciate offensive line film like we should. Good offensive line film just puts a smile on my face. I mean, it's like, it's like a burger in the summer. It's like a firework on the 4th of July. That is what offensive line film is does makes me feel it is just the best good offensive line film pretty offensive line play brings me joy and when i watched the tape on robert bordon that is what i saw was beautiful offensive line tape i think this is a guy who's gonna play early on in his texas a&m career watching the film first of all before i tell you why he's gonna play early on in his texas a&m career i do want to tell you this the one position that I am a firm, I, I'm I'm a believer stars don't matter. How often do we watch the NFL draft and we see this guy was a two-star, this guy was a one-star, guys going in the first round. It happens all the time. Stars are not, are not everything, especially at the offensive line position. I, I just, I am such a believer in you got to have the dog to play offensive line. And, the rankings, some guys don't go to these camps. Some guys don't go to this. You know, rankings, they are a lot of politics and a lot of stuff like that. It's just the reality of it. Um, so offensive linemen, I am never going to be upset about about a, a three-star, four-star offensive tackle committing ever because you never know which of those guys are going to develop. I feel like offensive line, as I said, is the position that, that you see players Go from a two-star to an NFL player. Go, you know, it happens all the time, especially from the offensive line position. So 
I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm never going to punch a wall because, oh, it's a three star. No, offensive line, I'm never going to do that ever, but especially over the offensive line position. Um, but watching the reason I think that Robert Bourdon is going to play early into his career is just how quick, how quick he plays the position. He, I mean, the notes I wrote down after watching the film, he's got quick feet. He's got a strong punch, a very strong punch. And it actually helps him where he goes to high school. They ran a lot of, you know, he, he pulled a lot, which, you know, from the tackles, you see it some, but not always. Um, you know, you see guards pull more often, but he pulled a lot. And when he pulled, he would always get a punch on the person that was covering his face that was, you know, in front of him. So he would he would throw a punch, which is weird. And, and this was like six of the plays on a four-minute drill. So normally when you pulled, or at least the way we ran offense at high school, if you were pulling, because I played guard, if you were pulling, you didn't make contact with the guy in front of you. You just pulled. So when I was watching this tape, I'm like, why is he making contact? Now, on screen plays, it's different. On screen plays, you engage for a second and then go out. And um, But this was like on a run play. Like he was – it was it – was, go, go watch the tape and you'll you see what I'm saying. Um, it was just a couple of plays mixed in there. But he did – he did the thing that I, I like to see was that that strong first punch. A strong first punch is so important. If you can get your defender, the person uh, rushing against you, off balance, if you can hit them and, and, and knock them off their feet a little bit uh, or you know, just kind of change their direction, it makes it a lot harder for them to get to the quarterback before you uh, before the quarterback gets a pass off. And that's what I saw from the board on's tape. Um, he, he, dro- he drives to the whistle. I love to see that. You know, it's like the the Michael Orr film in Blindside. I mean, you know that you drive you drive to the whistle, maybe a little bit past it, um, and that's good to see. I love that because you never know when when you're driving a player, you never know what it's going to lead to. Is it going to lead to cutting off the angle of a linebacker that leads to your running back scoring a touchdown? There's lots of things that driving to the whistle can mean. So it's great to see that he does drive to the whistle. Um. A lot of pancakes, which I mean, I know you see that a lot in in offensive linemen that are going to play at the next level. You're going to see a lot of pancakes, but a lot of pancakes for Bourdon in the tape. Um, and he's just fast. I mean, he's just quick. An offensive lineman of his size, you know, height and weight, seeing him get out on screen plays or get around when he's pulling and and just hit somebody, the dude is quick. And he always, you know, he always always find somebody to block. That was one thing when I played my dad, dad, I don't know if you're listening today, but um, when I would go out on a screenplay, I could never find anybody. I don't know why, but it was like a joke in the family. Like, I could never find somebody to hit when I went out on a screenplay. And he always found somebody on a screenplay. There was a couple where he, he pancaked two guys, like a corner and a safety on one screenplay. I'm like, man, this, so the point of all this, to wrap all this up, the film's great. I love the film a lot. I mean, really, it, um, I mean, it's just beautiful offensive line play. Bordon has the size to play the, in the SEC early on in his career. Now, I talk all the time. I don't want to see him on the field his freshman season. Um, of course, you know, I, I, that's just not what we want to see. But um, when he comes in with – um, and he's 2024, by the way. I don't remember if I said that. But when he comes in, 
you know, he's a guy who I think could compete for playing time his sophomore season. That's the, I mean, he's got the size. You still got to build a little bit of that strength, that college strength. It's a different thing. That college weight room strength is a different thing for even, even if you've got the height and weight, you still got to, you know what I mean? I, I'm a big believer. You have to get in the, in the, in a college weight room, at least a little bit. Um, but this is a guy I think can, can compete for playing time. His, his, you know, red shirt freshman season, sophomore season, true sophomore season. So um, this is a good addition, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. I mean, we talk about bringing in tackles. I I like the tape on this kid. I think he he can play early on into his career. Um, he's ranked as a three star in twenty four seven sports, but on three has him as a four star. But uh, I like the connection he had with Coach Elko, knowing that he they you know he was recruiting him, committed to him at Duke. I like everything about this edition. There's not one thing I don't like about this edition. I love the tape. I love the height and weight. I love the fact that he's a, an addition to the 2024 class just makes this class better in a position you need bodies in warm bodies in. So um, Robert Bourdon is a player that I like a lot, ladies and gentlemen, and, and it really gives you a stacked, a really stacked um, offensive line class in this 2024 class. I mean, you still got Blake Ivy, who's going to be an absolute star. He's an NFL player. Then you've got um, Ashton Funk, and then you still got a Sindre Afua. I mean, this is just a really good offensive line class that I think you're going to see all, every every player committed in the in this class. You're going to see on the field, in my opinion, at some point during their Texas A&M career. So, a lot to be excited about with this 2024 offensive line class. We're going to talk a little bit about some players who are going to take a step forward. This season, maybe thanks to um, a sophomore lead, maybe thanks to the new coaching staff helping develop. The number one player I have here is Torian York. I think next season he's going to take the SEC by storm, more so than he did this year. We'll have that conversation coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our wonderful friends over at FanDuel, right now, the NFL regular season has wrapped up. I know, I know. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Live same-game parlays, you can find bets in the Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. There is a ton you can do on the FanDuel app. It's the app I use for all my sports wagering. It's a ton of fun. It really is. It enhances the game. It makes my favorite thing in the world to do, which is watch sports, even more entertaining. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. So we just got done talking about Robert Bourdon, the four-star offensive tackle from Tennessee who just committed to Texas A&M in the 2024 class. Um, uh, Brighten me up this morning, you know, um, getting to talk about it. I'm excited about him. As I said, go watch that tape. I promise you will not regret it. But I want to talk about some players that I think could take a step forward. Now, 
they're not all freshmen and sophomores. I'm talking just on the team last year, take a step forward this season. The first player I've got here is Jod A. Walker. I just think Jod A. Walker is going to well, – you know what, let's start with Torian York because I think Torian, Torian York's my number one guy. I do think Jod A. Walker is going to take this. So we'll start with Torian York. Torian York, what he did last season, I don't think anyone – Anyone here listening, anyone here talking, including me, like I said, could have predicted what he did last season. The season he put together last year was insane. And frankly, I don't think the coaching staff was good. So I think this new coaching staff, new DCs, Coach Elko, I think Torin York could absolutely be one of the best linebackers in the SEC next season. Genuine opinion. I do. That's, I mean, look what he did last year. If, if you don't believe that statement after seeing what he did last year, you know, it's on you. I mean, he, he is a player ready to take over as one of the best offensive linemen. I mean, I'm sorry. One of the best linebackers in the SEC, maybe even in college football. That's just how good he is. I mean, you know, some of these things, you know, you say, well, Andrew, you know, you're, you're, you do a Texas a and podcast. I do. I do. I do do a Texas a and podcast. And, and, but I'll tell you this. I don't care if I did a, um, a, a Texas podcast, a LSU podcast. This dude is a star. Okay. Throw all that out the window. This guy is going to be an absolute monster next season. And I, I can't wait to see what he does. I think you could see him put together the type of season that Coop had last year. Um, it's just how good I think York is. York's an NFL player, and and I I'd be lying to myself if I if I say if I would tell you I predicted that heading into last season. I could have never now some hype around him started to build closer to the start of the season, but I mean, still, even hype compared to what he did is hard to say that we could have expected that. So, Terry York, I think this new coaching staff is going to serve him well, and he's going to have a crazy season next year, all SEC season for the Aggies in 2024. Now we'll talk about Jody Walker, who, I mean, once again, you want to talk about proving me wrong? Now, when he committed from, you know, Coming from a different level of college football, coming from a small school, I, I, I watched the tape and I liked it, but I was really worried about that transferring to the SEC, transferring to this level of college football. I was, I wasn't convinced. I'm going to be honest with you. As y'all know, I'm always willing to admit if I, you know, if I, I'm always willing to admit if I think I was wrong on something. And I, and and Johnny Walker, and I don't think I like publicly voiced that opinion. But I, I was not convinced that he was going to be a good player um, just because I thought he had a lot to do, a lot to develop. I was wrong. He was insane. He's just he's just a natural-born wide receiver. Incredible football player, talented. And I think he's got that chip on his shoulder for not being, you know, one of these, one of these highly ranked recruits. He had to work his way up, and now I think he's a receiver ready to really take over the SEC. So some might say that Johnny Walker is a drop off from Evan Stewart. And yes, okay, we're not going to sit here and pretend like Johnny Walker is Evan Stewart because Evan Stewart 
is I think with the right coaching staff and and, uh, first round pick in the NFL draft. But Janae Walker is a guy who can be a thousand yard receiver. Seriously, that's how, that's how good he is. And I was convinced of that in the bowl game late in the season. And I said that heading into the bowl game, I was like, I want to see that this guy can be a real wide receiver one. This guy can really be the guy and he can be. So Jade Walker, I think under this new coaching staff, uh, coach Klein, you know, with, with a healthy quarterback room is going to take a, a leap heading in the next year. Then I've got Ruben Owens. I think Ruben Owens, you know, he didn't have the season last year that I thought he would to be honest. He did not have the season that I thought he was going to have, but I think he can take a step forward. We know how gifted he was coming out of high school. We know how good he can be. I think that he has to just get a little bit, you know, he, I, I think that there were some holes he missed last year. And I also think that poor offensive line play didn't help. But so the numbers, the yards per carry, all those numbers weren't what I was anticipating them being. But Ruben Owens can play football. And I think he's going to have a good season this year with a, with a new and improved offensive line, a new and improved coaching staff. I think he's going to take that sophomore leap and be a really good player for the Aggies. Um, speaking of sophomore leap, I think Chase Basantis is going to have a really good season. You know, moving inside, I think could help him. He, I mean, he had a freshman All-American season at tackle, and 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 you know, was he perfect? No. Did he did he let let up some pressures? Did he um, have some some poor snaps? Yes, he did. You know, he did both those things. But I talk about when you're a true freshman getting launched into playing time in college football in the SEC, it ain't easy. You know, it is not easy. So, you know, we got to remember players from year one to year two, uh, you know, season to season can improve. That's kind of what the point of, of what I'm talking about here. And I think Basantis is going to really take a step forward in this offseason and be a really good offensive lineman. I mean, I, you know, I, I, that's just the reality here. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does this season. I think he is going to be great. I've got Donovan Green next. Of course, didn't play last year with the ACL tear. Y'all everydayers here at Lachlan Aggies know that I am a very – pro Donovan Green person here. I, I was excited about him last season. He um, obviously missed the season um, due to the unfortunate ACL tear. But I think that the way Coach Klein likes to use tight ends, I think you're going to see Donovan Green be one of the best tight ends in, in the SEC. I think Coach Klein can turn him into an NFL player. And I'm really excited to see you know uh, uh, a pissed-off Donovan Green because he missed last year with that ACL tear. And I think an angry Donovan Green is a scary thing for opposing SEC teams. I've got Bryce Anderson here. You know, Bryce Anderson is a player. Once again, a lot of these guys, I mean, you know, Johnny Walker had a great year. Troy York had a great year. Ruben Owens, Chase Pesantis, um, you know, had fine years, not great years, fine years. But Bryce Anderson is the guy who, you know, the expectations I had for him, I don't think he quite had the season I was expecting. In the secondary as a whole, you could say that. But Bryce Anderson is a good football player. We all know that. So I think Bryce Anderson could take a leap with, with, with the better coaching staff. And, and that's my thought here. I, I still think Bryce Anderson's an NFL player. I think he's got some work to do, some development. We know he has the physical traits. I think it's a little bit, uh, you know, um, mental. I think there's a lot of mental breakdowns in that secondary last year, not just flat out getting beat. So um, I think this new coaching staff can help Bryce Anderson as well. 
And then the last guy I have here is a bit of a, of a wild card. Um, and we just found out that he's coming back, but it's Malik Silla. Um, Malik Silla, I, I just uh, – coming out of high school, I was excited about him. Top 100 recruit, six foot six, 240-pound edge rusher. I just believe that this guy can get after the quarterback. I do. And I, I think that better development can help him. I mean, I, I just – I believe there's still a star in him. And listen, it doesn't matter when it happens. It matters that it happens when it comes to a player developing or a player clicking. And I think that can still happen from Lee Silla. So could this be the year where he gets six sacks and really, you know, comes out of nowhere and has a great season? I think it could be. I'm excited about him. I think he could be like a, a, a slept on underrated player heading into this season for the Aggies. Um, he stuck around. Uh, good for him, you know, stuck around. And I think it's going to pay off this season with the new coaching staff. And I think it could pay off in, in some great numbers from Malik Silla. So those are the guys that I think you're going to see take steps forward from last year to this year. Some freshmen, some older guys, but those are the guys that I anticipate having good seasons and, and, and having a better year this year than they did last year, which for players like York and Walker might be hard, but I believe they can do it. Let's take a look at the Aggies baseball SEC schedule and break it down a little bit. We haven't done it yet. It's a ton of fun. Baseball season's around the corner. Let's have this conversation. We will have that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. So, as you all know, I am a big baseball guy. Baseball is my thing. Played in college. I love I love baseball. It's it's my life. Um, and I know that we love to talk about baseball. So we're going to talk about baseball a little bit. So I just thought, you know, I was looking for a segment today, for a second three today, and I was like, let's talk about this SEC schedule. Because it's a bit of a gauntlet. Starting at Florida, there's something about that ballpark, that new ballpark down there in Gainesville. I just don't like playing there. It's really... I can't explain it, but it's one of those. It's almost like the atmosphere isn't crazy. It's not like playing in Oxford. It's not like playing um, in Fayetteville, you know, in some of those places. Um, but it, it just got this weird vibe. And you've got to go against a lefty who's throwing 100 and is going to hit 40 bombs, you know, that in, in Jack Caglione. So um, it's going to be an interesting, interesting series. I, I wrote down my initial win-loss when it comes to – to these series. Um, and I think the Aggies start SEC play with a loss in this series just because Florida's really good and playing on the road's always tough. Now, I think playing on the road in baseball is a little different than everything else. I mean, baseball, uh, those that have played, played in college, I mean, obviously where I played at, you know, in JUCO and then at the NAI level, there wasn't much, um, you know, I, I not a lot of heckling. I got heckled more in high school than I did in college. But, it really doesn't bother you much in baseball, like it does in basketball, or really, you know, in football. I mean, when you're down on the field, it, it you know, what I mean, I, I don't think in baseball the environment rattles people as much as other sports. Um, but I, so, but I think that playing at Florida in that game is a little, um, in that series is a little scary. So I now the key here's the key: it's plain and simple. Do not get sweeped. If you don't get sweeped all season long, it, you know, 
in the SEC, then you're in business. You can't ever get sweep. You always got to take one. You're not going to take two every series. You're not going to sweep every series, but don't get sweeped. Win one. If you do that, in these in these series, I predict Texas A&M to lose. If you find a way to just not get swept, it it's all that really matters. Because you're not going to win them all. You're not going to win all these series. Um, then you host Mississippi State. Mississippi State, after that natty, has kind of been a little disappointing. Um, they'll be better this year, but I still think that I still think the Aggies win this series um, at home. I don't know about a, you know I'm I'm never going to predict a sweep, but I'll predict who's going to win the series, and I think I think the Aggies get that series. Then you got to go to Auburn. Auburn is a baseball team with they're bringing a lot of guys back. It's a really really good baseball team. Um, good coach over there. I. I this is the one that I of the series that I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that I'm gonna predict Texas A&M to lose. I think they could win, and and that would be the um. Well, no, time out. I forget. Is this one? Let me double check. I wrote this down. I think this is a home series because if the home series, I'm I'm calling a win. I could be wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Let me double check this. Um. Um, yeah, no, never mind. This is a home series. I the the, the Aggies are gonna win that series. I think so. Um, if it was in Auburn, I'd say I'd lean a little bit the other way. But at home, I, I think that the Aggies win this series. Auburn's a good team, but Texas A&M's a better team. And at home, they win that series. South Carolina on the road. You know, some of these teams we don't really know. Baseball, it's hard to know what you got till you see it. Uh, but I, I'm not a big believer in South Carolina. I know they've been good over the years, and they've been a good program. I think they're going to be a, a middle-of-the-road SEC team that I think even on the road, Texas A&M is able to take two or three from them. Vandy at home, we know what Vandy is. We know what Vandy's always going to be. But once again, playing at home, I think that's a series you can win. At Bama, you know, Bama has, has kind of taken that step and been a um, – Middle of the road SEC program for a few years um, now, and I, and I think that this is a good team, but I, I still think that Bama can or that uh, AM can win that series, even in Tuscaloosa. Then you got Georgia coming home. If I had, if I was, if I was going to pick a sweep, if I was going to predict a sweep, it would be this series, which I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to predict a sweep, but if I was going to, this would be the series. Um, then you got back to back weekends at LSU at Ole Miss. To me, those are weekends where if you if you come home two and four or three and three, you celebrate that. Don't get swept there. You if you split, um, you know, you lose one series, win one, or or in all on or sweep one, get swept. I mean, seriously, in all honesty, if you come home two and four or three and three, I think that you you can win the SEC with that, you know, kind of record. I mean, just just based on how Based on how tough those places are to play, I think those are the two toughest environments in college baseball. Um, and I'm going to have to get down for some of those series. I, 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 I mean, I've, I've, I've never been to a baseball series at Ole Miss or LSU, and I want to do that. But um, those are be tough ones. And then you finish conference play with hosting the Arkansas Razorbacks, who are a really good team. If this was a series in Fayetteville, I would say the Aggies probably dropped this one. But being – at home, I do think Texas A&M can win that series. Now, listen, I, so that means I have of 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of ten series. Right now, I have the Aggies uh, going seven and three, winning series. That that's tough to do. I mean, if you go seven, you know, I mean, that, I would say six and four in series is much more likely because you're going to drop a series you don't expect to, whether it's you know two in Auburn at home. Uh, um, uh, South Carolina on the road. You're going to drop a series that I'm not anticipating, but SEC baseball is almost here, ladies and gentlemen, and that's very exciting. I love it. It's going to be a ton of fun to break this team down. Uh, this week, I'm going to start really digging into this Texas and baseball team. Going to talk to some folks. Going to get to know a lot about this team, um, and really get going on on some baseball stuff. But this team's going to be good. This is going to be a really good Texas and team that definitely can make a run to Omaha. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you so much for tuning in every single day. I really do appreciate it. I hope everybody has a great rest of their Tuesday, and we will see you tomorrow.